How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to your favorite Splin Bait podcast, Scales and Tales. Today, I'm joined by a by a Cali guy, Mr. Dylan Ham Ham Hamster. Fuck, Hammeister, Hammeister. <laughs> there we go. Uh, he is he is uh, a part of the Lab Rat Fishing uh, crew out there in California, and uh, I I honestly kind of just stumbled upon him on Instagram and shot on a message. I'm like, hey, dude, like, do you want to come on? And uh, it was it was a little while in the making, and we finally hooked up. So uh, we're gonna talk to him tonight. I'll let him introduce myself because, like I said. I don't really know who Dylan is or what he's about, so we're gonna we're gonna learn about Dylan tonight, and he's gonna elaborate on the whole California fishing scene for us. Yes, sir. So yeah, my name's Dylan Hammeister, like he said, part of Lab Rats Fishing, and uh, yeah, I'm 19 years old. I live in Orange County, California. I've uh, had a passion for fishing since I was pretty young. Had a big break there. I used to, my dad used to take me like trout fishing and stuff occasionally because I grew up in a upstate new york actually kind of by cooperstown baseball hall of fame area and uh ever since then you know i was kind of in and out of it but probably when i was about 10 or 11 i started doing some saltwater fishing in the bays and marinas we have over here catching a spotted bay bass sand bass halibut and i went out for my first time and got a nice one and ever since then it's pretty much been wraps on that i uh fish pretty much all my free time I have. I've gotten a very big passion for swimbait fishing for largemouth as well. And I also work on one of these uh, premier sport fishing boats out here in Southern California called the Freedom. We run overnight trips and day and a half trips for bluefin tuna, yellowtail, and pelagic species like that. So I'm pretty, pretty wrapped up in fishing 24-7. So uh, yeah, it's about that. Dude, that makes so much sense. So, like, while we were trying to schedule this, like, Dylan was giving me days and, like, random times. And I'm like, I was, I the whole time, I was like, what the hell does this guy do? Like, he's like, oh, I could do, like, I'm free Sunday night, but Monday morning, I got to be up, be at work. And I'm like, what the fuck does this guy do? And then yeah. you elaborating on that. I'm like, you said overnight trips, because, like, here in Michigan, we have, we have charters and stuff, but it's not, like, overnight stuff. Like, it's half day type stuff. So, like, yeah understanding that I'm like okay this like i understand what you mean now and like it's crazy that you get to be around fishing literally almost 24 7 and that it just doesn't really you never really grow sick of it obviously because you do get to go fish salt water and then come home a couple hours later and you go get to crack largemouth in a lake or pond and it's just kind of like you're living the best of both worlds honestly yes sir i mean i wouldn't say i don't get sick of it i have because i just started working on these boats about two and a half years ago and okay after the first season, I think there was like a three or four month period where I didn't touch my rods. I didn't even want to look at them. But oh, really? Yeah. After that, I kind of got used to it. And I was like, all right, just gotta, kind of got to just just keep the passion going. Because it's like I would never want to go fishing for like green bass or go hit the bays or anything when I got back on my days off. But then I started doing it and I was like, dude, I was missing out. It was just the thought of it because like. Dude, the hours are so bad too. It's like we're we're getting on the boat at like seven PM when we uh when we start running and we get the boat ready, then we actually take on thirty five passengers because we're a ninety foot boat. We have forty bunks on the boat. And yeah, dude, so we do that, load up our bait, we get to sleep at like twelve, twelve AM, one in the morning, wake up at like five thirty AM sharp, work the entire day until twelve 
12 a.m. the next day. You know what I mean? Like we're we're working yeah. like 18 hour shifts back to back to back to back. So that's kind of why my hours are so fucked up and and all that. But I mean, hey, it's uh not everyone can do it, and I'm definitely thankful I get to I get to do that. And as of recently, did swim bait fishing for largemouth, starting to figure out a couple. I wouldn't say local lakes because locally by me, I don't have much, but like an hour and a half, two hours away, we have that whole San Diego County area with all these uh, yeah. big bodies of water, you know, all the, all the biggest bass in the world really caught in that general zone. A lot of those 17, 18 plus fish have come from there and it's been nice trying to, trying to learn that, you know, it's a fucking, it's a big beast to take on, but I'm uh, really enjoying learning new techniques and fishing that stuff. So kind of going back, when did you, when did you pick up a, like, uh, when did you start picking up a swim bait and like, Hey, like I live in California, like there's big ass fish here. I live, I live relatively close to some badass fisheries. Like I should take advantage of this and I should go fish these eight, nine inch baits. Yeah. So that was probably a solid, it was, it was only like a year and a half ago, two years ago. I mean. I did a little bit of a green bass phase like four or five years ago where I was hitting it pretty heavy, but I had a HUD, like a 68 special, and I threw it like twice, and I was like, this is impossible to catch fish on. <laughs> this is too big, but very mistaken. Um, I For like like I said, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I, I acquired some, some bigger baits. I had the 86 Doom Rider. I had a couple... Uh, PKs and Clash 9s, and I was throwing them, dude, so this is why I stopped swim bait fishing for a while. I threw them for probably a solid, I'd say I put in 80 or 90 hours on good bodies of water I know I could catch fish on, and I lost one, that's it. Not oh. even a single sniff, any, and I was like, I'm selling these things, fuck this, and then <laughs> just about like, probably eight months ago, I, I kind of got back into it, and I fished them a little harder, a little bit more experience on, you know, the actual lake itself, where these fish would be, particular times, moon phases, and all that stuff. And the first, my first trip out with a, had a toxic waking crank, the full sized one. And dude, first trip out at um, one of these spots, I got eight fish, five were over five, one was at six, and one was close to seven. Damn. And ever since then, I was like, oh, yeah, this is wraps. <laughs> yeah, like it, that, like everybody has that one day, even if it's yeah. only catching three fish. But you have that one day and you're like, holy shit, why did I not pick this up sooner? And I'm never going to fucking set this thing down. Like, like you fucking mend it to your hand and you're like, every time yep. I go out, I'm going to fucking fish this thing. Yep. And, and uh, so now, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm, I'm actually sitting and staring at this bait. I had to retire it. I was fishing it in this little sort of like pipe tube spot where i fish at night because there's a it's just a big lit up tube that these boats can go through to it's like a causeway so the boats can go through underneath the road and yeah at night it's all lit up so these shad get pushed up tight into this pipe and and dude it's the most insane i'll have to like take a video and send it to you next time i'm there it's the most insane bass behavior you've ever seen it's a bitch getting them to bite but you'll watch a school <laughs> of shad get pushed up out of nowhere and you'll see 10 12 15 bass coming just straight full send at them there could be six eight pounders in the mix just erupting on it for like two minutes and That's then they ridiculous. just disappear but yeah That's i crazy. i fired that bait up and and hit the hit the pipe pretty good and just bent the thing into just oh it's all jacked up so now what, it's bait, what bait was that 
the, the toxic waking crank. Okay, yeah. Um, shit, what was I gonna say? So, like, yeah. So you got into it. Um, so you go out that first day, and like you said, you're, you're lining up the moon phases and everything, and you have a stellar night. Have you translated that to to when you go out now, or is it just like whenever you go, you kind of like you have the confidence you can go out there any night and you can go catch a fish or at least have some bites and stuff, or do you still do you still stay true to that guide that you had that first night and go out on moon phases, um, fronts coming in and that sort of thing? I personally, with work and me being so obsessive over my hobbies, I, I can't wait. So I will never just go fishing just on strictly off of good days and moon phases I've had. Right. Yeah. But I kind of keep a mental note of the good nights that I do have and the good days I do have of what the moon's doing, the weather, all that stuff. But I kind of just wing it and go out. I mean, I got a couple of spots where you're not guaranteed a bite, but if you super slow roll a HUD for an hour or two, you're kind of bound to, to bump into one. Um, Kind of going off that, so do you swim bait fish that saltwater brackish water? I say brackish water because I don't know, like, I don't understand the salt water, like the calicos, and yeah. uh, well, I don't, I don't, fuck, I can't even tell you what fish are in the salt water or that brackish water. Like, I just know that there's like saltwater like bass that people catch on, like swim jigs and some swim baits and stuff. And I've yeah. seen them on your profile, and I just didn't know if you could target those with swim baits or not. Yes, sir, you can. So, uh, do you know about unique baits? Yeah, yep, I fucking yeah. love their scout. Their scout and bluegill yes. is so badass. Yes, sir. So that is. The absolute money maker for saltwater bass. It's it's expensive. It's a very expensive way to fish them because you'll get you could get two or three, four or five fish out of them each bait with because these saltwater bass have teeth and they're super super aggressive. Kind of similar to if smallmouth had big jagged rocks and pilings and shit to break you off on, and they have yeah. a nice set of teeth to break you off. So they it's an expensive way to fish, but dude. They get absolutely licked in salt water in the right spots. And uh, was that? Oh, oh shit! Go ahead. Sorry, I've also had some good success on fishing with crankbaits, stuff like that. I really wanted to get because Toxic actually makes a saltwater waking crank, and I would really like to fucking to get a go with that because I bet I could get some saltwater fish to definitely commit to that at some of my local spots, but. There's definitely been a good amount of bass that I know of. I haven't personally caught, but um, that I know of that have been caught on tiny clashes and even the Clash 9. Damn. Was this kind of something you stumbled onto, those sea bass on swim baits? Like, were you catching them on crankbaits and stuff, and you're like, like why, why wouldn't I be able to catch a fish on Caesar's Wake and Crank or a TK or a unique scout, or was it just kind of something you went out there and like, fuck it. Like this is all I have in my car, but I want to catch a sea bass. So you started fishing a swim bait. Yeah. So it was kind of just, cause when you, when you start off, everyone seems to throw these little, you know, little jig head and Kytex and stuff like that. Those little, little jig head baits. Um, and for me in order, it was from that to these, the weedless swim baits, you know, unique baits. And those started getting yeah. bit pretty good. And there's just a couple of spots where you can kind of get away from me with throwing these bigger, more reactive swim baits because it's shallow water. And I found the fish are really aggressive. 
And a lot of that is uh, the spotted bay bass. I know you obviously don't have any of that out there, but they're, they're pretty right. cool fish. The closest thing I can compare it to them, like I said, is smallmouth. It's really aggressive, so they don't get too big, but they're really fun. And, and yeah, I just kind of got a little bit more confident and, like, I think I'd be able to get one on this because they're eating profiles almost that size on the weedless swim bait. So, you know, why not, why not try something a little bit different, you know? No, for sure. It makes a lot of sense. Is there a lot of guys who are out there fishing swim baits for these sea bass? Or is it kind of like even a more niche group of guys costing these swim baits in the ocean for these fish? It's kind of a more niche little group of people because, I mean, there's a good amount in my eyes of people who do fish for uh, spotted bay bass, sand bass, all that stuff that we have. But in reality, all of that is is strictly really Southern California. So as big as a group that it kind of seems to be, it's in such a small area. And uh, only a very slight percentage of those guys do fish those bigger baits for them. So it's a, it's a pretty small group, I'd like to say. Right. Now, do you see these fish react differently to a crankbait than they do a swim bait? Or is it all just kind of more or less the same? Are they, are they pretty aggressive, I guess? is the first question and then can you tell a difference when you're fishing a crankbait relative to a swim bait do they act more aggressive towards a swim bait or they kind of shy off it a little bit because it is a so much bigger profile than a crankbait yeah so the the crankbaits that we use are the deep divers like norman d22s or the berkeley dredgers because we're a lot of the the bay fishing is pretty deep so but i'd like to say that when you're fishing them on those crankbaits and in those those bottom baits and stuff like that it's definitely a, a lot more aggressive as a bite it just completely stops it it's like they hit it head-on going the other direction whereas the weedless swim baits um when you're just kind of slow rolling them on the bottom and stuff it's a lot more of a they're just kind of they're just kind of messing with it like the bigger fish will just commit in one hit but there's a lot of times where you'll get one two three bites and then they'll commit to it damn that's crazy can you uh, I, like I said, obviously, I don't know jack squat about the ocean. Um, you're probably fishing these fish at night. Are you fishing around dock lights? Like, can you see these fish come up and try to eat these baits? Or is it just mostly just casting it dark, casting in the dark and just slow cranking it and waiting for that thump? It's really mainly just casting it in the dark and just kind of knowing your zone and how those fish kind of push up on those shallow edges. You usually aren't quite able to see them. For a majority of the guys, it's really just blind casting. But right. I'd like to say I have a lot of my spots really dialed, and some of them are pretty insane fisheries. And um, you can honestly almost track your bait and watch a fish hit it. I mean, I have a certain spot where I know you don't really know what eelgrass is, but it's just it's just kind of your typical saltwater vegetation. And I have spots where I fish it when um, it's kind of a mid to low tide, so uh -huh. it's really only five feet deep maybe and two or three of those feet are just eelgrass coming off the bottom and you fish that bait above it and i've i've had a couple fish where i could see them flash on it when they eat it when i'm casting out and burning it above that structure and that's that's some pretty cool some pretty cool stuff damn so that almost sounds relative to like here in the midwest east coast um i mean a lot of guys will fish over grass patches there'll be a grass patch in 10 feet of water and it'll come up and up it'll come up to seven foot and guys slow roll huds soft baits uh 
they'll let the They'll make their TKs and K9s slow sinks with those lead strips, and they'll sink them right down to a foot above those weed patches, and you're just kind of giving it an erratic rip. And those fit, I mean, you watch fish come out of those weed patches to eat it. So it's kind of cool to see how 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 these fish are different, but like it's all the same shit. Like you're casting over grass, and you're you're rolling over grass, and these fish just fucking come out of the come out of the muck to come eat it. It's it's a really it's a sweet thing. Obviously, it can happen with conventional, but watching it with a swim bait, it, it just makes it so much more badass in my eyes. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, uh, yeah, kind of like what you were touching on the Midwest East Coast. I mean, I've, I've definitely had a little bit of uh, experience fishing in upstate New York. Uh, that's kind of where I grew up from ages 3 to, like, 10, 11. And I didn't do much fishing when I was that young, to be completely honest. But I still, uh, I still visit back there once or twice a year and i have yet to bring a proper setup but i am going to be doing that trip in july this month where i'm bringing all my shit shipping it out bringing my gear and that's going to be a lot of fun because i've had a some really good smallmouth fishing over there in, in creeks weeding outside of a hot seagull lake and I've just fished it with these janky ass spinning setups and <laughs> spooks and, and poppers and stuff. And dude, it is so much fun. Just crystal clear water, watching these things just destroy your spook out of yeah. big log cover, all that stuff. Dude, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I, so I, I moved two hours down south from where I'm uh, actually from. And down here, it's a lot more. If you don't have a boat, you're stuck on shore, obviously. But down here, it's a lot more bank fishing, a lot more uh, wading in the rivers and stuff and i've i've learned it's it's all smallmouths in the river and and pike and muskie and stuff but i've learned like how to read a river so well from not having a boat and um it's just like you were saying these smallmouth smallmouth are absolutely fucking crazy if they could grow as big and fast as largemouth they'd be the fucking apex predator of the lake like these fish are so badass and i i i feel bad for those guys in cali and like in florida and alabama and george well I think George might have smallmouth, but I feel bad for all these guys who fish and who don't have the chance to catch a smallmouth because they are so full of piss and vinegar, especially river smallmouth. It's it's just top tier. It's unbeatable. Yeah, that's what I've seen. There are a couple lakes here in California that do have small populations of smallmouth, but like you know, they're planted and they're lake smallmouth. They're they right. do not compare to uh, the river smallmouth. Those things are they they eat whatever they please really and they're super aggressive that's why i i have a feeling throwing a couple of these bigger baits they're gonna have no problem shoving their face into that thing yeah dude um the tiny clash i know i know uh it's it's a hype bait right now but the tiny clash will absolutely slap the piss out of river smallmouth i caught one uh yesterday it was a 13 inch smallmouth and it absolutely tried to devour this tk i had uh trying to think of uh some other things the the unique scout i know we talked about that earlier that's a really killer one for uh like casting out into holes and kind of popping it back uh the elude elude flash decoy it's like it's called a trick uh a trick glide and you literally fish it like a fluke on top of the water and it, it can just sit in place and it'll just kick back and forth and that i found is a really killer bait for fishing in these rivers for smallmouth like i'll have fucking 10 inch smallmouth come up and try to eat this eight or nine inch bait it's absolutely ridiculous that sounds yeah that sounds like a good time i'm i'm super stoked to to do some of this smallmouth fishing here soon and yeah i i was thinking about acquiring a, a tk here 
I don't know really what colors I'm going to go directly for, but I've heard and from what I've experienced, smallmouth kind of like the general forage colors that they have in that lake, but kind of in a more obnoxious, bright manner, if that's correct. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I will say my favorite, I've had like six or seven TKs and the TK, that, the TK color I've found that literally anything I'll eat, no matter what, or like what time of the year it is, it'll be that monster tackle collab color. It's, uh, it's got a silver, not even a silver. It's got like a flat gray bottom and it goes from like a pink to like a darker top. And, uh, it just, it just, it looks so natural no matter what, like it'll match so much shit. And anything will fucking eat. I've caught largemouth. I've caught smallmouth. I've caught pike. That's everything I've caught. Cause that's pretty much all we. Oh, I caught I I caught a uh, or I hooked a both. And I don't know if you know what that is. It's kind of like I, a snakehead yeah. type fish. And like literally anything will eat that color. There's a bunch of color. Like DRT makes so many fucking colors. It's ridiculous. And there's guys that know like every single color. And I'm just in shell shock whenever I have I have a really good friend and I'll send him a picture. I'm like, what color is this? And like, is it like worth what this guy is asking? He's like oh yeah that and he'll just spout off some color and he'll tell me the retail price and how much it goes for and i'm like holy shit like it, it's just it's ridiculous how much shit like drt comes out with yeah i i completely agree with that i was just uh i just looked up that that color you're talking about looks pretty money uh got some some transparency to it and dang might have to might have to look into that i was looking at the uh like i said i'm i'm in the same boat with you i, I have no idea what all the colors are but I was looking at one of these, uh, it's like a neon, it's got a little neon top to it, and it's it's a pretty solid silver white color, but. Oh, yeah. dude, you're talking uh, s- silver body with the, with the chartreuse top and a little bit of purple yeah. on it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's like a really, I don't know, okay, I'm going to say it's a really rare color, don't take my word for it, I just know I posted about it, and some guys were asking me why I was fishing that color, because I have that same exact color, and, uh. I don't know. It's called it's called uh, it's called Hama H A M A, and I got it for stupid cheap. And I looked at how much they were going for on eBay, and it was like four fifty. And I actually casted it off a couple weeks ago, but luckily it's a high float, so it floated up to the top. And so I had to fucking go grab my uh, my bait, my like conventional bait caster, and cast a hook onto it because I was scared I was gonna fucking lose it. <laughs> yeah, I've went swimming for a couple of baits. I can tell you that. And uh, I just had a, a brand new toxic whippersnapper that I. The first session, I launched it into a tree. Oh my god! And that one's gone. So that was that was a very upsetting night for me. I was not not pleased. <laughs> I was out there wading in the water, completely swimming, looking for it up in the tree to oh see if god. I couldn't come back during the day and retrieve it. And I haven't been back, but I I just considered it gone at this point. Oh my gosh, it's so shitty. Um, a buddy and I were actually fishing, uh, river fishing for smallmouth a couple days ago, and he has a. Uh, fuck swim bait garage hyper shed I'm, I'm not sure if you're too familiar but they're pretty i mean it's a nice glide bait and i don't know if there's just not many around or if guys really like them and uh he caught a few fish on it and we're fishing this like enclosed bridge so like we're standing on these pylons kind of and there's a kind of a down tree a little bit and i'm standing behind him and i watch him go for this like roll cast and it's like midway through the air i'm like that looks really fucking high and all of a sudden we see it loop onto this tree branch and we're both he looks oh. back at me and we're both like fuck so That's I climbed horrible. in the water, climbed up the tree, and like this tree was so fucking sketchier than I thought it was. So I'm standing there like shaking the tree, and he's pulling on it. Luckily we got it out, but he's like, if I didn't get that out, he's like, I was gonna cut my line. I was gonna come back with a with a folding saw later, and I was gonna get that fucking bait back. Yeah, that uh, 
that's definitely the proper way to do it. The, the things we'll do for baits. I mean, the the price of some of these are absolutely ridiculous, but it's the idiots that like us that are willing to pay for it that that create those prices. But like oh, like I just yeah. yeah, I just got a I got a six inch HPH coming in the mail for two hundred fifteen dollars just because yeah yeah have uh, one of those. Guys, have you ever but, had an HPH before or seen one? I, I have not. Oh my gosh, dude, you're going to get this thing and you're going to think somebody sent you like a live shed. Like the paint on this bait <laughs> is so fucking realistic. Like for the longest time, I thought it was like a bait foil because it's, it's just, it's so realistic. It's ridiculous. I, I've seen a few and I'm like, man, I want one of these, but it's like, am I really going to fish it that much? Cause it's, it's like, I'm not the type of guy to collect a bait, but that bait is like top tier paint. Like it is so beautiful. Yeah, no, it looks fantastic. It's one of the uh, just the white belly, uh, brown tops, uh, colored and yeah. I mean, the smallmouth from what I've had are just are really aggressive, and it's going to be kind of hot summertime. So I think because I've seen those baits being burned, they look fantastic, and I think it's yeah. I think it's going to do great burning it over these big fallen logs and rock piles. Another another bait that you won't cringe about if like you cast it off or anything is the uh the six inch mag draft. That thing is a smallmouth killer, dude. Like a smallmouth from two pounds and up will absolutely demolish that thing. And they're like, fuck, how much are they? The freestyle ones are like twelve dollars for two of them. So like you cast one off, you snag one, you're like, oh no, six dollars down. Well, be more than six dollars. It's probably like ten dollars with your hook. Which is it's whatever. I mean, obviously you could cast off a conventional bait for a lot for double that price. And it just it just straight up gets it gets chewed and you can skip that thing under docks, you can skip it under laydowns. Like it the mag draft is just a killer bait too, because it gets eaten and you can cast it wherever and you can cast like it's a three dollar spook because it really is compared to the other shit you're fishing, it's a cheap ass bait that you can just demolish and catch fish on. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I've had a little bit of experience throwing the, uh, the mag drafts. I have one of the, the full size, I think they're the 10 inches. I, I don't exactly know, but I was fishing it at Castaic Lagoon over here. That's where fucking Butch Brown has had all of his success. So you <laughs> yeah. have to try it when you're in the area and you know, it, it, the, the fishing there has declined a lot, but my buddy was actually fishing it and it was like third or fourth cast and I'm sitting next to him and he's like, damn, dude, I'm hung up. And he's like, he's whipping the rod around. And I was like, God damn it. And we start walking down toward it. And I'm like, Elijah, look. And it's just, it's his bait in a fish's mouth swimming up to the bank. And it just spits it real quick. And he was sitting there thinking he was snagged, trying to, trying to wiggle it out. And it was just a bass holding it in its mouth. And then next cast, he proceeds to cast it off. So that was cool. What the fuck? That's crazy. Um, one question kind of going back to the saltwater thing because I was just I just like thought about this. Do you use the same stuff you use for your largemouth? Like do you go out and use that same gear or I guess break it down even more. What's the rod and reel you use mostly for swim bait fishing? Okay, so yeah. Um I'm pretty white. I'm pretty white on setups right now. I've uh, I've went through my fair share of them. But right now I have like a 7 8. I'd like to say it's a it has no ratings on it because it's a it's a prototype seeker rod, but it's like a seven eight. I'd say it's a half ounce to two ounce, maybe two and a half ounce, and that pretty much gets it done for me for both fresh and salt water for mostly what I'm throwing. Because a lot of those hard baits I'm throwing are, are smaller too. Like 
Yeah. I got a Wake and Crank 66, and those things are only an ounce and a half, and the full size are only like two oh, ounces, damn. two and a half ounces. And then I have a, a Californian rod. I think it's a one to four ounce, and that was my bread and butter for everything. It's rated pretty heavy, but I could get away with throwing a half ounce on that thing, no problem, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, those are my two setups. And for, uh, for the saltwater fishing, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm throwing 50 pound braid to 20, 25 pound fluoro uh, leader. And most, mostly yeah, I'm fishing that, that seven, eight little bit, little bit lighter. Cause the bass don't get as big. I mean, occasionally, cause there's a couple different types of those saltwater bass. Occasionally when I'm fishing calicos and sand bass, those are the, the species that get a little bit bigger. I'll uh, throw some heavier stuff because those two bass seem to really, really enjoy breaking you off in, in big rocks and kelp. And those yeah. things can get up to 10, 12 pounds. I mean, there's been a couple sand bass up there at 14, 15, and same with the calico bass. But they're a lot more elusive than the largemouth. It's, it's kind of a lot bigger of a deal when people get one of those. Dude, I was watching um, Marshall, the homeless fisherman. He, he went out and fished with the lateral vision guys a couple weeks ago for... Fuck, I think they're calico. Yeah, those are calico. I saw that. Yeah. And uh, dude, that first fish that Marshall hooks, and he's like, he's like fucking horsing on this thing to get it out of the weeds or whatever. And he pulls it up and it's like a 14, 15, 16 inch fish. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, pound for pound, how much those fish will kick your ass relative to the same size fish in freshwater. And it's just, it's so awesome that you can go do that and fish for saltwater or drive 20 minutes to your lake and catch freshwater fish. And the question I had for you was, do you use the same reel for saltwater and freshwater, or do you like change out your spools or how do you go about that? Really? So I do actually, I don't really recommend it because saltwater is a lot more brutal on the reels, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I'm, I'm saving up money for, for other stuff. So I don't, I don't really like dropping a bunch of money on reels and stuff. I'm trying to get a, uh, a conquest 300 here soon strictly for my freshwater purposes but right now i just have two uh two of the corrado 200s and i have one in the five zero one gear ratio and then i have the, the high speed i think it's seven two to one yeah the the hg yeah yeah that was i'd say that's the same exact pretty much more or less it sounds like we almost have the same one to four ounce setup because that's the same exact reel i have on the same exact rated rod and like you said, that rod is like for dang near everybody in the swim bait world. That's like the bread and butter. You can go out and fish that all day and you won't run into a bait that you can't cast on. Obviously, if you're fishing like the DRT ghost, the Hinkle Trout, the Mother, um, Wild Beat, you could probably get away honestly fishing a Depths 250 on it. You'd have to sling it. You wouldn't be able to overhand cast it. But you can get away with a one to four ounce for damn near everything in almost everybody's tackle box and it's such a versatile rod like if i had to pick a rod it would be a one to four ounce rod all day of the week every day oh yeah i'm i'm right in the same boat with you man it's a it's quite the versatile rod i mean i've thrown some bigger baits on it too and i really haven't come into into many problems like you said you kind of gotta sling it sideways a little bit but yeah it's it's a good rod i've 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 slow rolled 10 inch huds on it no problem actually and it feels great. You can honestly overhand cast it too. Right. Um, is there a reason you don't go shit? Is there a reason you don't go straight braid? Or yeah, is there a reason you don't go straight braid in saltwater for those fish? Do those fish kind of hone in on that line and that's why you have to go with mono or fluoro? Or could you get away with fishing braid? You just aren't comfortable doing that. You could 
kind of get away with throwing straight braid, but it's the same for, for both freshwater and saltwater. I mean, I just, I will not have near the same confidence throwing without fluorocarbon. I know a lot of these, these bigger fish, saltwater and fresh, they're, they're smart fish, man. I mean, like they've seen a, a bunch of shit and especially working on the boats too. We have to deal with so much pressure on these fish and it's just, it's absolutely crucial that you're fishing pretty much the widest line you can get away with. So that kind of carries over for me into all my past yeah. fishing. Cause that's just what I've, what I've preached for so long and it just feels wrong to not do it myself. And I went from the beginning, well, since I've been doing this for almost five years now, swim bait fishing, it's always been braid. And for me, it was because, I mean, I was still in high school. I'm 21 now, so I can, I can, I have money to splurge on stuff, but it was always like, I could buy two spools of braid throughout the summer and I would be set. Like I, I could only replace my line once and I didn't have any problems. Now, obviously that I have a job and like, I have money to spend on nicer stuff. I honest, I switched over to co-poly this year. Uh, a couple couple weeks ago and i've caught a couple fish on it like my fishing isn't great here but it uh i can see why people do it it's a lot it's a lot more comfortable than fishing braid because if you don't have your reel tuned just right and you go to fucking overhand cast with braid and that like and you get a backlash that backlash is going to go all the way down to the spool and kind of floro and mono copoly you get a little more forgiveness and it's just it's all around a little bit better especially if you're fishing a stiffer rod with those treble hook baits you can set into a fish and that, that line give is enough to kind of make up for that stiffer rod. If you were to fish a stiffer rod. Yeah. 100%. I, I, uh, I fished a lot of the, uh, Seagull red label full spool full of fluorocarbon and some of the abrasex. And it's definitely a different way to fish it. And I like it. It's a lot more thought out and practical for swimmate fishing, but especially when you're fishing a abrasex, I don't know what kind of jobs people are working but those that that shit's expensive man especially because when you're fishing straight fluorocarbon and you're fishing a lot you kind of have to change your your line every two weeks and yeah a spool of a brazex can go anywhere from i've seen them go 40 70 dollars it's like dude so i just can't do that the red label is cheap but I, lately i've kind of been slacking off and i just have braid on both my rails and i just either put a top shot of fluorocarbon or fish a little leader but but yeah, I the fluorocarbon and mono just it peels off the reel a lot nicer. It casts a lot smoother. It's it's just more user friendly in my opinion, and that's that's how I prefer it. Especially when you're you're fishing these soft plastics, especially for the the freshwater fish, you want that that extra stretch in my opinion. Oh, I mean, especially yeah, for sure. You, you get that one big thud when you're fishing the HUD, and you you want to be able to reel into it and then set the hook. I mean, that that straight braid just seems a little bit it's just too too straight on i mean i've i've lost a lot of fish fishing uh short liters of fluorocarbon dumped a lot of fish like that and i just feel like that straight braids there's no forgiveness so you're just ripping a hole in their mouth like a big old hole and the second they decide to <laughs> to dart back under you or something it you lose tension for a split second that fish is just gonna shake the hook right <clears throat> i've been fishing that uh suffolk siege and fuck i don't even know how much i paid for this 300 yards or 330 yards pool i want to say it was like maybe 12 bucks and for that price like i've been super happy with it um the cast off i talked about earlier was not on this line it was on 65 pound braid which snapped like probably 40 feet into my spool never had that happen before it was fucking crazy that was 
that was actually the reason I stopped fishing braid was because I didn't have another spool of braid and I wanted to fish the next day. So I went out and bought this line. And for, like I said, for that $12, 330 yards, it's worked very well. I've caught quite a few fish on it and no complaints so far. So hopefully, hopefully that stays true within the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah. That's kind of how it goes. I mean, I've done the same thing and I've, I've went fully in the water. I'm talking like fully swimming freestyle for baits. And uh, yeah, I actually had to, I had to swim for a bait holding my phone the other day. I was solo. So I had to, I had used my flashlight. It was a floating bait. Oh my God. And uh, I was kind of using the reflection in the, the little, uh, little warp in the water to see where it was kind of, cause I could, I couldn't see my bait, but I could see the little glass spot because there was a little bit of breeze. So you could kind of see where it was because of the, yeah. the block. It was kind of blocking all that, uh, wind and ripple and stuff yeah yeah and uh i swam in with my phone flashlight propped up at first and and i was like swimming out and i just wasn't thinking dude i just i completely lost sight of the bait because i was splashing around and stuff so (laughs) i had to go out there in like 12 feet of water and just just tread water holding my phone above my head looking for it and thankfully i found it (laughs) that's ridiculous i casted off a top water walking bait probably like the like late late fall 2019 and the guy doesn't make this bait anymore i fucking i casted it off I'm like fuck so i went my my older cousin was with me he lived right down the road i went and dropped him off like i played it off like i wasn't upset like oh, i was like oh it's whatever i'll get another one i went and dropped him off and i immediately came back to the spot mind you it's the river in like november so like this water is probably all of like maybe 40 degrees and i remember you have to walk down this huge ass hill to get to the river so i get down there and I strip all my clothes off. I'm wearing my boxers, and I think I may have had my socks on still. And I could, I could see the bait. It's across the, it's across the river, and it's probably, fuck, I don't know, like, 35 yards. So it's a good stretch. And I just remember, I, I set my phone up to record because I'm like, if I'm gonna die, I just want somebody to be able to see how I died, <laughs> like, so they, can, <laughs> they know why I drowned. And I remember swimming across, and I got like probably like seven eighths of the way across and I realized I could stand up. So I stand up, grab the bait and I start swimming back and I get like halfway. And I don't know if you've ever been in like really cold water, but like you'll be swimming and then like, you'll like start losing your breath. And then like, you kind of, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's such a weird thing. Like you, you like almost freeze up to, almost. Yeah. And like you almost start to like black out almost. Yeah. And I just remember like, I remember swimming, getting halfway across and I just kind of remember my eyes closing and I could feel my feet touch the weeds. And that's the only reason I was like, oh, hell no. It's so, like, I finally got back across and I just sat there on the bank for probably like five or six minutes trying to catch my breath while I'm shivering, trying to put all my pants and stuff back on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just went and got this bait. Like, honestly, this bait's a piece of shit. Like even the bait maker will tell you this bait was just <laughs> terrible but I just wanted it so bad because I knew that I probably was never going to be able to get another one. Yeah. No, yeah. I've, uh, I've swam in some cold water, and I can agree with that. That, that shit's no joke. It definitely gets to you after, after being in there for a little while. Um, so kind of going, going to the Instagram name, the Lab Rats Fishing, how did that all get started? And like, who's all in your guys' group? And I guess, how did, how did this become a thing, really? So it's really just me and my buddy Elijah at the moment. I had a good buddy Ashton who I used to fish with a bunch, but he's he's in the Coast Guard station in, in Alaska right now, so he's kind of oh, MIA on that. But um, right, <laughs> it it started probably like five years ago when I was just kind of like a little grom and I was just 
fishing the, the Bay Area, a bunch for saltwater bass. And so it was kind of funny because the way it came up was lab rats, because our local bay is Alamitos Bay. And for some reason, because we have a city called Los Alamitos, about 15 minutes from us. So for some reason, I wasn't thinking it. I put two, two and two together. So I was like, Los Alamitos Bay rats. So I was like, that, that actually kind of sounds cool. But really, it's it's just Alameda Space. So I kind of fucked up <laughs> on that. But it stuck because Lab Rats, it sounds pretty cool. So I just kind of stuck with it. And I have been. And I restarted the Instagram and stuff just uh, probably like a month and a half ago. So kind of trying to get a little bit more uh, strict with it. Maybe get some apparel and stuff soon. But as of right now, my uh, my focus is on fishing baits hard, getting some exposure through that. Oh, for sure, dude. Like. I don't even like I remember seeing your page and it like fuck I don't even know like 174 followers like I don't really to be honest I don't even know how the fuck I found your page and I just looked today and I'm like holy shit like he's like 350 followers I don't know how the fuck I found it and then I saw I think I saw your post with maybe like the unique one of the unique baits I'm like oh shit like this is a swim bait guy like no wonder it came up in my recommended and I saw it I'm like oh shit like they catch saltwater fish too I'm like Fuck, like I want to talk to this kid. This this seems badass. Obviously, there isn't a huge population of the swim bait crowd who does get to saltwater fish for those sea bass and everything. So that's a, it's badass to see that. Oh yeah, no, it, it's definitely it's definitely a cool thing. I get pretty burnt out on it, especially because all the good saltwater fishing spots are they're highly illegal, dude. It, it's just ridiculous. Like I've gotten ticketed for it and stuff, and it was a little bit easier to get away with when I was fifteen, sixteen. Right, yeah. But, you know, now that I'm an adult, they're not quite as forgiving on you when you when you do get caught. So it's kind of like shit. But that's kind of how the freshwater spots are over here, too. So that's why, that's why I enjoyed fishing upstate New York. It's like, dude, there is not near as much pressure over there as there is out here. Oh, we deal all, with some no. shit, dude. Like, this is the stupidest example, but if you look on Fish Brain, you can look at a main lake in these, in <laughs> where you live in the upstate areas and stuff, and there's like 200 catches. You know, yeah. I know fish brains are retarded, but then you can look at the lakes out here and it's like thousands, 3,000, 6,000, 8,000. You're like, dude, God damn. And that's just the people who post on fish brain. I don't even know who would do that. Yeah. <laughs> damn. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck. What, what would you say your most memorable fish on a swim bait would be? Whether, whether that be freshwater or saltwater. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Probably, yeah. It was, no, it's probably just definitely my uh, my personal best largemouth I caught uh, like a month ago. I didn't have a scale on me. I estimated around seven and a half, eight pounds. It was a, it was a pretty solid one. Um, it was funny. It was Memorial Day, and my buddy Ashton was visiting the one who's in the Coast Guards, and we went out to one of my lakes in the middle of the day. And it just passed our minds that it was Memorial Day. And the hike there was miserable because we have to hike through these mountains because it's a big gated community lake. It's pretty yeah. well known over here for, for big fish and, and throwing big swim baits, but you have to know somebody that lives in there to get in there. So we kind of do like a mile and a half, two mile hike through the mountains to get into the back lake part of it. That's not okay. like really... Um, like i don't even know like secured i guess is what you'd say and we get out there and it's 
hot as shit, dude. It's like 95, 96, <laughs> like dry heat. Like we are dehydrated as shit while doing this hike. <laughs> and we get there, we're like, this is so stupid. And then we, we start fishing and dude, there is so much boat traffic, people wakeboarding, just waking us out. Like water's all kind of murky in spots where all the fish kind of congregate. And I was just like, dude, this is so stupid. Like, why did we come here and why didn't we think it was Memorial Day? And right. No bites. We're fishing all the way down to where we usually do. We start making our way back and we're like, fuck it. I, we'll just fish back. I mean, we're already here. And I made a, a cast underneath a branch and over a submerged log that kind of sticks out of the water. And my line got hung up on the branch that was kind of overhanging by my rod tip. And I got it out and then it stuck into the log. And I was like, God damn it. And I, I popped it out of the log, <laughs> found it in, did the cast again perfectly. And just, it was on the toxic bait, uh, wake and crank. And I, I cranked it down pretty fast to get it down a little bit. Gave it a couple of dead walks and then started cranking again. And right as I went to crank again, I see this thing come out from underneath that log that I snagged. And just yeah. completely T-bone it. And continue, oh after I reeled into it, continue swimming, taking off some drag into a whole nother like, big underwater tree and i was like oh i'm seward and uh <laughs> yeah so it, it started dogging me that way i i was fishing my one to four ounce so i i had a pretty i had that thing's head turned pretty quick and and it came right up because it was a pretty quick fight it was only eight feet out from my uh from my feet like it was it was <laughs> a pretty pretty small pitch and i watched the whole yeah. thing happen and in the water dude i was like oh this is like a five pounder six pounder this is a good fish and i just go to flip it and my rod just doubles over because I, I thought it was a small one. I just kind of followed through with it and flipped it up and just plopped in my feet. And I look at the thing and I was like, holy shit, dude. It was 22 inches, but it was a Frisbee, dude. The thing looked like a Lake Biwa bass. And I was Damn. shitting myself because <laughs> it had one hook in it left after flipping it. And it was on the top of its mouth. It wasn't even in its mouth. Oh. It was just on the top, like sideways. That's and, uh, sketchy. Yeah, and I didn't have a scale, so I was pretty upset about that. I didn't really know what to call it because I haven't had much experience landing big fish. I can tell you I've dumped my fair share at my feet. Right. And um, and yeah, it was cool because it was my with my buddy Ashton. We haven't fished for like a year and a half because he's been gone. And it was just a, that was probably my most memorable catch. As of right now, it was just the craziest looking fish. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it. It's on my Instagram. Yeah, um, I just went and looked at it. Yeah, the thing is just a complete frisbee. Like it it was ridiculous. It was it was built just how it was supposed to be. If that thing had an extra three inches on it, it would have been a ten, eleven, twelve pounder. Yeah. Um and yeah, so the next day I caught a six on the dot and dude it didn't stand an absolute chance. So I was like, it had to have been seven and a half, eight pounds. And I think that's my my good guess. Because I've caught a six and a six ten and a handful of fives since then and none of them stood a single chance yeah Not fish for out sure. all of them by, by a long shot so that's my uh my accurate guess on it and that was my most memorable catch so far was that the only fish you guys caught that day oh yeah we left it right <laughs> after it we were like yeah this is this is good this it, is that's good a good one now. to end on yeah <laughs> fuck that's crazy um shit well i had a fucking question i forgot what it was though uh, Here, I got a question for you. What's your biggest smallmouth? What's my biggest smallmouth? Yeah. So biggest smallmouth conventional 
would be oh, fuck what was it like five five six five i think oh boy that's a big just one over, just over five nine and that was actually caught off a dock on a tiny tube on a little two and a half inch tiny tube this was like when i knew very little about bass fishing um, my really good friend he's a couple years older than me left uh he he lived down here where I live currently, and he gave me a bunch of a uh, bunch of baits and stuff for he moved or he came back down here for college one weekend. I'm like, okay, cool, and I went out a couple days later, and I probably caught like it it was an unreal fucking day. Early May, I caught probably 50 fish from this dock, and um that was that was probably like 20 fish in. I hooked this fish, I'm like, I'm fishing a spinning rod, and I'm like, holy shit! Like I I lean into it, and it's just like. You know, like when you hook into a fish and you just slowly hear the drag, like the ding, 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 ding. Like you're like, holy yeah. shit. Like you almost think it's bottom. Yeah. So that's what happened. And I'm like, damn, that is a big ass fish. So I land it. I'm there by myself. I'm freaking the fuck out. And my cousin who was on his way, I hold it in the water for probably like six or seven minutes till he gets there. We scale it and it was, it bounced, it bounced between like five, 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 six, five. So that was the biggest smallmouth like on record. And then. Two years later, in that same exact spot, I caught one on the depths 250. No idea how big that fish was. I know it was long as hell, though. It was probably all uh, 21, 22 inches, but it was kind of skinny-ish. So I, I definitely think my conventional one was bigger. But that one on the 250, that's probably one of the most memorable fish that I've caught because I'm slow rolling this pink 250, and I just see like this shadow falling behind. I'm like, oh, cool, a largemouth, and it eats, and it like, you know how like when a fish eats it gets it gets trouble hooks and it like turns sideways to shoot back down that's exactly what happened and i saw it flash and i'm like holy shit that is not a large mouth and so i fought it flipped it and i'm like holy shit i just caught a small mouth on a 250 like that was probably that's the most badass thing i've probably done in the last like four or five years like that was just such a badass thing to witness and i, I sat there and i just shit myself like I tried to set up my phone to take a time picture and I was shaking so fucking bad. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just fucking did that. Like, that's so sweet. That's what I was looking at. I was actually looking at the forums and um, I was seeing a couple big smallmouth caught on a 250 and I was kind of thinking about it, man. I mean, that's just, that's just badass. It's a big bait. And like we were kind of touching on earlier, those fish are so aggressive, dude. They, their stomachs are, are bigger than their mouths, dude. They, they want to eat and they, I don't know if it's just strictly territorial and it's kind of like get out of my area. Or if those things actually eat like bait that size, that's what, that's what I was kind of thinking about. And it's just, it's just such a cool thing, dude, especially on such a big bait and such a, such a staple of swim bait fishing on the depths 250 to catch smallmouth yeah, on that. Exactly. Just, it seems so, it just seems so sick. Um, one thing that you'll probably witness uh, obviously, like you said, you're from upstate New York and you fish there a lot. Have you noticed that the largemouth are built different than your southern strain fish in California. Oh yeah, I know they're all northern strain. We actually have a couple of lakes that I I used to fish that are all northern strain bass, so I have a, a pretty good knowledge on those. But yeah, dude, those things in uh, the northern strains are built really well, in my opinion. They they just yeah, just short, super and round, bulky like, and and round, yeah. but they just don't get length and they don't seem quite as aggressive and. Not as and not as aggressive as they won't eat the same. It's just the way they eat for me always seems more straight commitment. It's just like if they want to eat it, they're gonna eat it. If you're kind of trying to get a reaction bite from them, it doesn't seem to work out. Like if because if they want it, they want it. If they don't, they don't want a single thing to do with it. It seems like these southern trained fish, 
they seem to get a lot more curious. Like you won't stick right. a lot, but you'll get a lot of followers when you're throwing the big baits. And that's kind of what I've seen between the two. I will say um, there was a, there's a, a good friend of mine, uh, Stephen Clipper. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he lives up in British Columbia, Canada. And he caught an eight, nine pound largemouth uh, the other day up there. And dude, this fish, hold on, let me look. It was, fuck, 22, 21 and three quarter inches long. Oh my God. And it was, fuck, how wide was it? And it was about 19 inches wide, dude. Like, I'll send you a picture of it. But this fish, he's been on like a roll this year. So this year he's caught a 6'8", a 6'9" a seven a six and now that eight nine he's broke his pb like two or three times this year all on the uh i know he caught a couple big fish at the beginning of the year on the tk and then i know he caught a couple a couple other big fish on that mini trucha from toxic okay and he's just been oh my gosh he's just been on a roll like i saw him post those pictures the other day actually he sent me the picture before he posted it he sent me it on instagram or facebook like a picture of his live one it was like pb and like he opens up his live well, and this fish is just fucking taking up half of the live well. I'm like, holy shit! Like that thing is fucking huge. That thing's huge for a northern stream, but that thing's just like huge in general. Like that's a good fish that 98% of the swimbait community would shit themselves if they caught. Like they'd be they'd be happy to catch that fish. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hundred percent. I I was gonna send you a picture right now of um of my my big bass that I caught my personal bass. There was there was a couple pictures. That I there's two pictures I have of it that I wanted to post, but it's just too unrealistic looking. But it kind of shows <laughs> you the real like width and size of it. I just think it yeah. it was kind of too camera angle and it looked almost too big. And I I just like with a fish that size, I don't want to I don't want to like you know glorify it too much. But here, let me send you these real quick. I'll take a look. I at caught that. I caught a I caught a five nine pound largemouth this uh, this spring. And when I say spring, I mean it's like. It's like March and it's snowing the day I caught it. And I caught this fish on a TK and I caught it and I got it to the net. And I'm like, that's like, that's the biggest fish I've hooked and caught. I was like, I know I've dumped fish bigger, but I bet you that thing's all six pounds. And we scaled it. And I'm like, fuck, it's only five, nine. But then like, I hold it up and I'm like, damn, like that is a really big fish. Yeah. percent, Dude, I was, I was looking at that guy's uh, Instagram. Damn, he's, dude. he's on a roll. That thing is fucking massive. Dude, it was so wide. Like, it's tail. You could fit two hands around. That's ridiculous. Holy yeah. crap, dude. Um, so, so I, I, like, I've seen that you, you, like, you really enjoy the toxic baits. Is that because Caesar is a Cali guy? Or do, do you live around him? Or is it just, like, some of the first baits you've gotten and you've stuck fish on, you're like, damn, like, these baits fucking catch fish. I, I want to keep, I want to keep fishing them and and catching fish on him so yeah um i don't live by him he's like northern california and california is a pretty big state so he he's like eight hours away so it's oh, pretty shit. pretty far but <laughs> but yeah I, I stumbled across one of his baits and i don't know i was just like i was looking at it and it was a crappie color and i know there's a lot of crappie in the lake that i fish and i was like dude you know what pretty good price on it so i was like i'll i'll uh, i'll buy it and I've had a lot of experience with other swim baits before that, other big glides and stuff, and, and even wake baits. But it was just that the first session where I just cracked them. In the second session, I cracked them. In the third session, and these are in different <laughs> bodies of water too. So it was just like we were having days before that where we were getting skunk, catching one fish. Like 
I don't know. It was just kind of a, it was just kind of a, a real game changer for me in these past couple months. And I've just kind of been addicted to them since then. I know it's not much of a year round bait because it is a little bit more of a burning, burning bait and a really react like reactive bait. But I love the look of them. The, the, the paint jobs are really dope in my opinion. Like they're not super, super hyper realistic, which I kind of like that they're not because it can, it can kind of like represent a broader, broader forage for these bass, not just, Oh, that looks exactly like a bluegill. You know what I mean? Those (laughs) general colors can kind of go, go over a couple of things. Like the color I'm looking at right now is a, it's a crappie color, but it's a greenish it's a green top with a white bottom and it's got these like black spots on the top that almost look like a lateral line. So I think it, it works good for crappie. could work good for gills, shad because of that white bottom and even baby bath. So that's why, that's why I really enjoy his paint jobs too. No dude, for sure. I love uh Caesar's bluegill pattern is so sweet. The way he like puts that purple, purple stomach down and everything. I'm a, I have a big fan of it. I've only actually ever owned I've owned the Wade three and it was okay. like early springtime here. And so I didn't get to fish it much, but I'm like, damn, like I want to try, uh, the big chungus and stuff like that single piece, uh, top oh, those... water walking bait. Like I want to try that. I want to try that pretty bad. Yeah. I haven't had one yet, but those things absolutely dance on, t- on the top water. It looks, it looks phenomenal. I just haven't pulled the trigger on one yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of shit to buy and a lot of the shit isn't, quote-unquote cheap so you kind of have to plan out everything you kind of have to make a list of shit that's like top priority obviously like line hooks that sort of thing and then once once you get that stuff straightened out then you can kind of buy a bait every once in a while to settle everything off yeah that's my problem right now is i'm i'm low on baits man and i gotta i got this trip coming up so i'm just working my ass off and it's merely for the purpose of getting baits which is hilarious like i'm at work and i'm like just so dead and i'm so tired and i'm like, oh, this, is like <laughs> this is another bait like you do this like yeah it's right. fucking hilarious but yeah the, i'm a i'm gonna try and grab a, a good handful of baits i got that hbh coming in i got another uh waking crank 66 coming in the strictly kind of cranked out version and then after talking to you and seeing your buddy's post i'm probably gonna pick up another tiny clash because that yeah, just, it just seems to be a really good bait for for smallmouth and uh I don't know exactly how you fish it. I'd like to touch on that because as you know, there's, there's many ways you can fish it. It's pretty cool how versatile it is. You can flip the tail and, uh, bill in, bill out. I, I think that's pretty badass. So I'd like to know how you like to fish it for these hotter summer months. I don't know how hot it gets where you are, how warm the so, water gets, but dude, the water right now is like 81 degrees, 82 degrees. Like it's, it's, it's like damn near boiling. Cause the water. Oh, so, these, too. so these fish are tanning right now. Yeah, yeah, dude. They're like fucking getting made in the jambalaya right now. But more or less, the way I so like, I don't know how cold it'll be up in upstate New York water wise if it is a like a quick running river and stuff. But the way I the way I fished them up until about two or three weeks ago is I would do the minnow lip, which is the small lip, and then I would do the big V tail, the big long plastic tail. Okay, I'd crank. I'd cast it out there, crank it down about two cranks. And then you literally work it like you would a spook, but you just barely, you barely do a little rod, rod hits. And what it does is it like, it shoots. So it'll shoot at a 90 degree angle and it'll hinge. And then you hit it again and it'll do the same exact thing. And you can pretty much get it there and you can get it to dance in like the water more or less in one spot. 
and that's called the dead twitch or dead walkout, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. that's such a, that's like, that's how I caught all my big fish this spring. Actually, I'll send you okay. a few videos. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix, uh, a guy up in Minnesota, he makes a really, he, he makes some YouTube videos and he makes some really good videos of fish in the dead twitch and stuff. And it's so badass. And now, oh, you can go on. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that. You go ahead. I was just going to say that. I'd really like to see that because I don't know if you're talking about like swinging it wide, but I've dead walked these baits a lot. And I, I'm pretty sure the dead walk kind of where it, it kind of angles down more. Sits yeah, in place, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then so now what I, what I do is I have standard lip in usually. And I'll do the transfer tail, which is like the tail you can buy off DRT. And it's exactly like the stock tail. So it's a little bit different. Fuck. And I think I do that tail up and you can do the same thing, but it's kind of more of a gliding, gliding bait to it. And then I sometimes take the bill out and I work it on top, pretty much doing the same thing. And it's kind of like you kind of fish it like you would a spook and it just kind of sits there and it just shoots back and forth, moving like an inch or two every time. And it it just fucking gets eaten. I've caught a lot of smallmouth in the rivers doing that recently. And I mean, there's like you said, there's three different tails and three, actually four different lips, three different tails, and you can fish them all different. So like, it's just kind of casting out there. And if you get a hit, you just cast with it. And if, uh, if you don't catch a fish in 30 minutes, maybe switch it up a little bit, put the deep diving lip in it and V tail down. I mean, there's just so much shit that you can fish with it. It's honestly, the most versatile swim bait but that's like the problem is there's so many fucking ways you can fish it it gets overwhelming like it's overwhelming to me and i've been fishing it for the last couple months like i i usually just fish it the same way no matter what and if the fish aren't biting after an hour or two then i switch it up but i don't go and i don't switch it up like every five minutes because it's way too fucking confusing to remember what i have fished and what i haven't fished yet oh yeah 100 percent. that's that's how it kind of was when i was fishing it but but yeah, man, I'd like I'd like to see uh, those videos that you're talking about, that guy getting them on the dead twitch and stuff. But yeah, all those DRT baits are pretty insane. I mean, I feel like for this California fish, I know people have luck on them, but I don't know why they don't seem to do quite as well out here. I I know they're they're obviously Japan made or whatever, and the fishing the fishery over there is completely different. The way these fish react. And oh, yeah, for seems sure. like from what I've seen, it works better in the Midwest area. Yeah, it's uh, it it's it's like it's honestly a staple bait for the Midwest. I feel like I mean, guys in Wisconsin, guys in Minnesota, guys in a couple guys in Michigan. I mean, it just straight out catches fish. There was a guy, fuck, where was he from? Indiana, maybe. He uh. He literally caught a fish. He caught a bass in a snowstorm. Half the pond was iced over. And it's a cast to catch. And it probably took him nine minutes to reel this TK in on a full bomb cast. And he ends up catching a fish like right at his feet. Like it's it's such a crazy bait. Like in the cold water months, you can fish it like a jerk bait and you're going to catch fish. I've yet to kind of figure out how they want it in the summer months. But like I said, there's an absolute shitload of videos on YouTube of guys in the Midwest fishing it in the summertime. And it, you kind of piece together on what's going to work relative to how they're fishing it in their areas. Like a lot of guys will describe where they're fishing it. And you're like, okay, like, so my spot's just like this, but it doesn't have grass. So maybe instead of the minnow lip, I'm going to put in the deep diving lip. So I'm, I'm dredging bottom a little bit. It's uh, it's, it's a fun little puzzle. The DRT baits in itself is a puzzle. You have to figure out, like you fit, you figure out how to 
catch fish on a swim bait and then you get a DRT bait and you're like, holy shit, like I have a crank down, I have a glide bait, I have a wake bait, I have a trick glide. How am I going to fish this right now? And it's, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, but it's also pretty frustrating too. I won't lie. Oh yeah. I, I see that. I mean, definitely gonna have to pick one up now that we're just talking more about it. It just kind of gets me hyped up. It, it's cool. I, I really enjoy going out fishing and, and learning stuff about the fishery based off of baits. That's what I think is cool about swimmate fishing. You learn a lot more. I mean, you could throw a fucking craw, a crankbait, a jerkbait, anywhere. And it's almost the same, you know, the same reactions. It's just a, they're big staple baits. People fish them all the time. But with swim baits, some are going to work in areas. Some will not 100% work. So that's why it's cool having that versatile bait to, you could almost trick those fish that wouldn't regularly eat that size bait or that reaction bait into eating them because of how many different ways you could fish it. And they'll, probably just get confused and happen to hit it but i also have a question i don't know if you guys fish the huds at all over there but i'd like to hear about that i don't know if if those the smallmouth eat huds oh yeah dude um i'll i'll send you a picture i caught a fuck probably like a 14 inch smallmouth a river smallmouth on a hud 68 the other day and i'll show you i'll show you like a progression when i first started and it's not even when i first started i missed a couple fish on it so it was a little beat up and then by the time i had a musky break it off like I was going to have to go home and start mending it, super gluing it and melting it back together. Cause these, these fish were just fucking eating the shit out of it. And that's on the HUD 68. So obviously it's a little more lenient. If you had a six inch HUD, like it probably lasts a little bit longer cause they're not just grabbing the tail, but that bait is, it, it just, it just catches fish, especially up here where we do have trout and stuff. Um, that was actually the first swim bait I had. And that was the first swim bait I caught a fish on. And I literally caught a fish on it my first day out. Like, that bait has never been seen here. I don't care what kind of bait any conventional fisherman has. These fish have never seen a bait like a hut, and they, it doesn't push water like any other conventional bait. And these fish just lose their minds for it. Like, it, it's just a ridiculous thing. You have to experience it for yourself. Like, everybody can say that, but I truly think, like, around here, like, upper Midwest, probably Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, probably Ohio, too, and New York, like, these fish just lose their shit for a HUD. It's it's just it's crazy. A lot of times, since it is a jig hook, like fish miss the hooks, but you can butch brown it, butch brown rig it, and you'll probably catch more fish. But you also have those fish that just absolutely slurp that thing, and you, they do get hooks. And it's it's a such a sick bait. I like I said, I had a musky break mine off, and I actually need to get a couple more so I can go back to that river and fucking catch fish like that again because it was so much fun. Oh yeah, dude. I I. I'm excited for that. I've I've had my fair share of fish in the HUD. Just the other night, I was uh, actually pretty much a horror story. I was I was float tubing. And <laughs> I don't I forgot to bring my net, so that was pretty brutal. And you know we were we were fishing that one pipe spot that I was talking about, and we yeah. when we float tube that or shore pound it, we'll sit there for three or four hours because they almost swim through in flurries. You can go two hours without getting a bite, and all of a sudden you're getting bit almost every cast. And right. You know, I was float too and just kicking around and posted up in, in two different spots that night, just sitting there, throwing the HUD, just, you know, giving it that, that, just dragging it up with my rod tip and then slowly reeling down, dragging it up with my rod tip. And, uh, first bite absolutely just destroyed it. Just boom. And I was like, okay, wound down, set the hook, had it hooked for a second, popped. And I was like, okay, that's, that was brutal because that was two hours in with no bites and then i was like all right whatever a couple more casts later same thing hooked it 
popped off and I was like, dude, what is going on? I checked my hook point, bent the hook up just a little bit. So it's more in line with the back. And then I think that happened one more time in that same zone. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm so over this, but I couldn't switch baits because it was getting bit and all my buddies weren't. <laughs> so I, I moved over to the other spot where I sit, did that actually hooked one and then it spit the hook pretty close. And I was, that was, these are all bigger fish. I mean, when you're, when you're getting, getting bit slower on the HUD at this lake, they're, they're usually five pounds and up. So right. my blood was already boiling and I was just so confused. I was like, dude, what is going on? Because I've never had this, this type of shit happen on a HUD. My hook point was good. Like, I don't, I don't even know. So then that fish spit it and I was getting all worked up and then fired one out, getting it in. It was pretty close. And I just got destroyed like i they're usually just big hits and it goes slack and you feel them kind of hanging on there this one took it and just turned its head immediately i've never had that slow rolling hud and i set the hook and i actually hooked it and i was like okay and the thing just doubled my rod over we're talking to the one to four ounce and i'm fishing a 68 it just doubled my rod over and i was like oh shit started pulling my float tube <laughs> a little bit and i was just straight winding just cranking that thing in and it comes up and it didn't quite jump because i i was in the float tube i was right in the water so i could stick my tip so low and uh i see this thing turn sideways on the surface dude it's like an eight or nine pounder oh, and i was like oh shit so i like get a couple cranks on it go to grab my bottom like where my bottom eyelid is on my rod to kind of slide back to almost i don't know what i was gonna do dude i think i was just gonna try and whip it honestly it was really awkward positioning and uh it just took off underneath my tube and so and when I was holding my rod by the bottom uh, bottom guide, I actually broke my bottom eyelet because it took off under my feet and there was so much pressure on my hand holding the rod right there. So that was that was a bitch in itself. And then I flipped my tube my tube around. My buddy was sitting right there, foot to me next to me, and I, I start pulling it up. I'm like, dude, lip like grab this thing. And I'm slowly pulling the thing up and literally like it was in slow motion, dude. You see the HUD just slowly coming out of its mouth. Just from because the thing was just gone and it just slowly coming out of its mouth and then it just slowly slides out and you see the bait weave and i almost thought that my my hud like the whole uh rig inside of it kind of ripped out and the hud was just hanging yeah. on the line up top but then i just see the fish turn slowly and just swim down and that was oh, it gosh and that was i think that was fish number seven i went oh for seven that night on the hud dude and that's uh fucking crazy yeah I don't even know. That's that one's still a little raw, but. <laughs> um, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about before we before we kind of close her up for the night? Um, not really. That was that was a good time. I mean, I learned some stuff. You learned some stuff about me. That was pretty cool, man. Yeah, for sure. Cause like I said, especially, I want to say. Well, I I guess you're one of the first like couple people that I actually haven't gotten to know that I don't know personally. There's been a few guys on here. And it's always, I mean, that's what this podcast is really about, like kind of meeting all these guys and not only me meeting you, like all 200 people that are going to listen to this, they're also meeting you. So it's, it's kind of cool that people get to, people get to know each other. It's, it's crazy what social media do. Like I said, I stumbled across your page and now here we are two or three weeks later talking on the podcast and like, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it just blows my mind every time I think about it. It's, it's really weird to think about. Oh yeah, I mean it's a cool thing. I mean, when I stumbled across you, I started listening to your podcast, and I was like, "Dude, this is 
this is pretty legit. I mean, I was listening to Marshalls and Row Innovations, and I was just like, damn, dude, it, it was a pretty cool thing, man. I, I definitely enjoyed listening to him, and I definitely enjoyed doing this. I mean, got to learn a couple of things about the smallmouth before my trip, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, dude, for sure. Um, like I said, I will link your Instagram below. Um, I mean, if there's anything else you want me to link, I'll do that too in the description. But uh, other than that, I want to thank Dylan. From I, I just want to thank you for coming on. Like I said, it was an awesome experience. I got to learn about fucking saltwater swim bait fishing. That's something that I'll probably not get to do very often in my life if at all. So it was kind of it was kind of dope to hear your stories behind it and how you actually do it because my thoughts of how you did it is like a complete 180 of what you actually just what you said in the podcast and it was just it's cool to cool to think about there's other shit than just green and brown bass to fish for with a swim bait oh yeah man it was a pleasure it was it was cool speaking the the little knowledge that i do know i'm still out here learning <laughs> every day learning the swim bait game so but yeah dude, i want to thank you for coming on i want to thank everybody for listening. like i said i will put uh, the fishing crew up there in the description below make sure if you guys have Answer and I think it. I should know this, but I was like, at least there is scales on the letter and scales underscore podcast. Make sure you guys follow it. Yeah, right now we're three away from five. That's pretty cool. And um, make sure if you guys want any slaps, you hit up the slap shop. The July sticker will be coming really soon. That'll be posted on Instagram along with the July giveaway bait. That one is very excited. I got to collaborate with another, uh, another big name guy in the swim bait world so i'm very excited about that but like i said i want to thank you guys for listening and uh, i'll talk to everybody next time thanks guys